0: Hello, hello, hello. Jan Goldstein here. And this is all that matters. Well, I got to get something off my chest. Because when I was 13 and becoming Bar Mitzvah, I had a rabbi, Rabbi Wall. And um, I was enamored of rock and roll. I was forming a rock band. And I was informed just weeks before my bar mitzvah that we couldn't have any music at it. And for a boy who just grew up loving the Beatles and loving rock and roll, that just sounded impossible. My bar mitzvah without any music, my bar mitzvah party, I wouldn't be allowed to have any music at it. We held the party in uh, the giant hall at, at our synagogue. In Burlington, Vermont, and there is a period of time apparently between the holidays of Passover and Shavuot, which is going on right now um, this week, and it's a period of time where supposedly the solemnity it celebrates the time between the going out from slavery in Egypt and receiving the Ten Commandments at the uh, at uh, Mount Sinai. And so this time is considered solemn traditionally and uh, in certainly more traditional circles, Orthodox circles, apparently there was a custom of having no music. And our rabbi, a conservative rabbi, insisted that would be followed for my bar mitzvah, no matter how much I cried or carried on or argued, I wasn't going to get my way. And... My friends and family just rallied to the cause, and instead what they did at my bar mitzvah, for those who know about bar mitzvahs or certainly know about life cycle events for teenagers, um, there's some kind of gathering. Oftentimes there's a party. Oftentimes, and most often, there is music and dancing and so forth. But since my rabbi was insisting we couldn't, and my parents agreed, and we didn't move it somewhere else, Um, because they just, you know, this had been their synagogue for so long. So, and this had been their rabbi for so long. Um, my family rallied and my friends rallied and they put together plays and readings and so forth. And the entertainment for my party was basically the performance of these different theatrical pieces without music. And yes, it was entertaining. And looking back, it was an extraordinary gift. Perhaps you can think of a time when you were just given a gift that came out of the blue. I didn't know what to expect. I honestly didn't. And I was so forlorn and so depressed. My bar mitzvah, Jan Goldstein, starting a rock and roll band, all about music, all about rock and roll and this was going to happen to me and instead they got me out of my pity party and really did an extraordinary thing and uh, I'll always look back and always be grateful to my parents to my family to my friends who um, really transformed something that I thought was going to be a total uh, failure into really a triumph of the spirit but that doesn't mean I was happy about it and I carried that around for a long time, a a grudge against my rabbi. And it would be years later that he would come to me and say that he was sorry, he he had made a mistake, that he felt badly about it. That I think in his older age, he embraced a, a, a more expansive view of how one could celebrate and how one could uh, follow tradition and how one could reinterpret tradition. And that music was very much a part and party of not only of Judaism, but certainly of my life. And it meant a great deal to me. We had a heart-to-heart talk later on in my college years, and it, it meant a lot to me. But the point of this all is Jack Antonoff. What, Jan, what are you talking about? Well, this rabbi would have a daughter named Shira, and I happen to have a daughter named Shira, but this rabbi had a daughter named Shira who went off and later married Rick Antonoff, and amongst their children had a young boy who, to me, I have discovered over the last number of years is to me, just one of the heroes of contemporary rock and roll. Jack Antonoff, who played in the rock group Fun, who heads the group Bleachers, and has written some of the most amazing music, including, I discovered, co-writing Brave with Sarah Bareilles. She said she met him the first day when they got together, and she was just absolutely dazzled by his Personality is knowledge of music, whatever. And it was that very first day they wrote Brave about uh, one of their friends who was struggling with coming out. And, uh, of course, I've, I love Brave. Who doesn't love that song? And just fantastic. And now at 39, um, you know, Jack Antonoff uh, is engaged to Margaret Qualley, but has been on this journey... Now, um, went to a Jewish day school, a Solomon Schechter day school in New Jersey, and of course recorded, (laughs) this blows my mind, uh, this past year, um, with Bruce Springsteen and recorded one of his songs, one of Jack's songs, uh, and Bruce sang along on it, uh, Chinatown, uh, and just, just phenomenal, um. What what that song means and how powerful it is, and um, and 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 his his ability to use music to layer. If you get a chance to watch one of his YouTube um, uh, videos clips of how he writes a song, and I've just discovered that and it absolutely it, 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 entranced by it by the way he puts together his songs, the way he layers different sounds, different melodies, and so forth. And, um, and of course he's written a lot with other artists, including Taylor Swift, for which last year he won the Producer of the Year Award, um, when he, you know, co-wrote much of her folklore, her her eighth studio album, along with Aaron Dessner. Um, and he's one of the songwriters and producers for the for the album. Um he helped co-produce six songs, co-wrote four um and and uh, her ninth album as well, Evermore. Um in which he co-wrote the tracks Gold Rush and Ivy. Um and he's just he's just been one of those bold visionaries who listens to his own drummer. I seem to remember his mom being like that back in Burlington growing up she was her own person and she listened to her own drummer and that certainly had been passed on to her child and then watching him on the today show and seeing bleachers perform um which just sort of blew my mind it was just such a lively incredible uh uh song that he, uh, he recorded and and he's performing i say who's that uh salt and pepper speckled haired man, older man, standing behind him. You can see he's uh, more mature than the other players on stage. And that was his dad. And he includes his dad playing with him, which, of course, touches the heart of any dad, doesn't it? Um, and uh, so I, I, I'm sort of just blown away um, by the way he's incorporated in his own life um, his love of music, and I say this to his grandfather, Oliver Sholem, which we say, may there be peace upon him who has now died. Um, I, I think things have come full circle. Your grandson is, to me, one of the rock and roll heroes of today. And when you tried to stop my rock and roll dream, um, when you placed a hold on music at my bar mitzvah, I held on to it for many, many years, and that also doesn't serve us well, does it? To hold on to a grudge, it only feeds um, a darkness in our own heart and and a and an inability to move forward. And that's what, when he asked for forgiveness years later, I it allowed me to move forward. In, and so this is both a podcast about forgiveness if you can offer it sooner rather than later it helps everyone that's just one little nugget of life wisdom uh, I've accumulated from others my teachers Um, but it's also that in the fullness and the circle of time it is a wonderful uh, happenstance that the grandson of this rabbi Um, found his freedom and his voice in music and continues to do so. So Jack, I'm toasting you today. I'm telling you, your grandfather or your Zayde, he would be very proud of you. He would absolutely exult in your creativity, in your singular voice, in your uniqueness. Jack... Antonov uh, said a number of years ago, I need a hobby and I don't want it to be basketball. He said, I want it to be music. So to get away from music, I do other music. And if I'm producing someone's song or writing with someone else, then doing a bleacher song is an escape and it keeps me creative, keeps me locked into what I want to do. It If something's making me crazy, I need to go somewhere else. And I don't want that thing to be yoga Well, for some of you, it's yoga. And for some of you, it's music. And maybe it's both. But for him, his answer is music. It has often been for me as well. So Rabbi Wall, here's to you, to your memory. And here's to your grandson, who does you proud. Until next week, I'm Jan Goldstein. And this is All That Matters.